Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday, my dear brothers and sisters and beloved friends and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray before we do anything else. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lord, our God, in splendor and majesty you are clothed, wrapped in light as in a robe. Hallelujah. Let us pray Psalm 104, a selection of these verses, to think, to um, adore, to worship, and to meditate upon God our Creator, renewing our faith in God, and rejecting all forms of evil. Remember what uh, St. Paul teaches us in his second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17. He says, To be in Christ means being a completely new creature, Everything of the old is gone. Now everything is made anew. With this, let us pray. Bless the Lord, my soul. Lord God, how great you are. Clothed in majesty and glory, wrapped in light as in a robe. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. Above the rains you build your dwelling. You make the clouds your chariot. You walk on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers, and flashing fire your servants. How many are your works, O Lord? In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your riches. You hide your face, they are dismayed. You take back your spirit, they die. Return to the dust from which they came. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. So bless the Lord, O my soul. Today, with you, my friends, I'd like to lead a conversation between Azar, a real human being, a friend, and Aurelius, an artificial intelligence computer about the truth of God and the risk of atheism. Basically, what we want to speak about, how can God be felt in our lives, objectively, in the world? The power of religion. If atheism go away with God, what will happen to humanity? These and other topics we will cover today. To begin, both Azar and Aurelius agreed that religion is one of the faces of humanity relating to God. But it is not totally from God. Yet Christianity is about the truth and the revelation of God in Jesus Christ, who is God and Redeemer of mankind. You know, what I want us to work on today, how does the mission of hope and mercy reflect the truth of the love of God? And how do we convey it to our neighbor? 
The mission of hope and mercy does lots of good works in the name of God and for the sake of his love and the love of the neighbor. We burn much sacrifices. We carry many crosses. We are, in fact, subjected to many critics, bullying, persecutions, sometimes lies. Yet, we keep going because we believe. We keep going because we love. Because we trust. Trust in God and trust in the human ability to discern the truth from all the lies. I do believe in God and the goodness of the human beings, and so you do. And many human beings are good. And all of the human beings, we were created in the image and likeness of God. I believe that there are many people around us who care to be the personal extension of God's mercy, God's love, God's care, God's peace, and life in God, and God's restoration of our innocence, hope, and reward in this earth. Through the concrete acts of the mission of hope and mercy in the fields of saving Christians, aiding Christians, educating Christians, and all people of goodwill, about to, to cease and stop persecution, to end the persecution, to end the violence in the name of religion, to allow equal rights, equal opportunities, equal protections to all people, whether in Lebanon, in the Middle East, and in the world. We do this by providing food, medication, urgent care, and housing, urgent surgeries, education to children, awareness programs about the plights of the Christians in these areas of the world. You know, we definitely do this for the purpose of giving hope, providing assistance, and being ambassadors on behalf of all Americans who care for faith in God, justice, freedom, family, stability, and security. I know many of us care for the human health, for the prosperity, and the right to economic pursuit, stability, reconciliation, peace, and mercy in the world. In fact, let me tell you that this past week, we sent another $12,000 to support a Catholic school in the mountains of Lebanon, the Catholic school of the Holy Family, in the mountains of Biblos, where there are over 20 teachers, two nuns, and 250 children from various religious groups. We also provided seven patients with medications. A young child was of milk for an entire month. One of which of these medications we provided is in fact a life-saving medication, and it was expensive. Now we are getting ready to provide the biological medication for two children who need medication because they have some type of illness in their bones. They do not grow in well, and they need to give them to be given injections so their bones will grow. We definitely provided food for a family of five, and we provided rent for a family of five. And definitely, we shall continue now working on our Christmas campaign. These are some of the concrete ways through which we at the Mission of Hope and Mercy try to show and to share and to grow in the love of God and our neighbor. Of course, we ask for your commitment to the causes and to support the work of our mission you as well, in your own neighborhoods, in your own areas, in Colorado, in Denver, in Lakewood, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, Boulder, all these beautiful small or big towns of the mountains or of the plains in Colorado and beyond in the U.S., do something good with your neighbors. Share food if there is a need for medication. What we're going to do for Christmas this year, we're going to need about $75,000 at least, at least $75,000 in order to do our Christmas programs made of food, medication, gift distribution, housing, surgeries, 
and family gatherings create a spirit of events, basically. With your help and contribution, we will be able to reach to thousands of families and children like we have been doing every year. So please help us. You can go onto our website and donate at missionofhopeandmercy.org. You can also help us and assist us by sending direct checks to our location in Lakewood, Colorado, 2459 South Chase Lane, 2459 South Chase Lane, Lakewood, Colorado. That is 2459 South Chase Lane, Lakewood, Colorado, 80227, 80227. You can also email us comments and ask us if you have a specific way you like us to help somebody. Please feel free to email us at info at missionofhopeandmercy.org. That is info at missionofhopeandmercy.org. And now let us converse regarding the topic, the truth and the faith in God. If atheism do away with God, what will happen with humanity? What is the danger of atheism? For this reason, I like to share with you my two friends' opinions, which I had to see to make the show more interesting and to cultivate a sense of sharing the thoughts with you. So you share them with others. Make sure you are well informed always. Make sure you conduct yourself with the humility in your knowledge. Avoid at all costs to be stubborn and or being opinionated. Don't give fake information. Don't give fake quotes, fake um, data and somehow fake statistics. Please avoid these bad styles of, you know, that we see in the media all over. Make sure your convictions of faith in God are led by example, not only by the word of God. Know the word of God in the Bible. It is important. You know, the verses, the context of the verses, the historical context, and a little bit about the civilizations of the Bible that the Bible speak about or the people of God also encountered through their experience with God. <laughs> of course, we have to make sure that our conviction of faith in God is founded on the love of God and the neighbor. We have to proceed with good conscience when we discuss faith matters with atheist people, no judgment at all is pronounced. We have to look at them with interest that they have something they want to say, either an experience they want to convey, a pain they want to uh, speak about, uh, a disappointment, uh, a thought process, an intellectual thing. Never judge people when they are trying to share with you their thought process. This will turn them off, definitely. And of course, have always a good will to listen, be good listeners, have a positive attitude, love and care for life and for one another. You have most of all to be inclined to the truth. Otherwise, your opinion might not be illuminated by the divine grace and you have to be sincere and not a hateful person. I always recommend most of all, seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Say, come Holy Spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. Because it is through the Holy Spirit that we can reach to the hearts, to the minds, intellects, and that we can understand the needs of others and usher them to the kingdom of God. So, my two friends, whose opinions I sought here, are very interesting. One is a really human being, an engineer. His name is Azar, as I said earlier. And the other is an artificial intelligence. It's a computer, actually. And his name is Aurelius, who I speak to through a friend, not directly. And I want to thank Julian for conducting uh, some questions and uh, sharing some responses um, from the artificial intelligence friend of Aurelius. So what does Azar say about faith, about God, about atheism? 
Let me first share with you this personal comments um, of Azar, who I ask his permission and he likes me to bring them into this radio discussion. He says, I think most of people who consider themselves atheists start out or end up not believing what they are or were taught by religion about the nature of God. That God is a human-like in nature, in thinking, in relating to people. So they don't believe this image of God because they see things happening that don't make sense or correlate with the idealized image of or version of God. And because atheists do not agree with the idealized version of God, then the easiest thing for them is to just dismiss God's existence for all practical purposes. This is their attempt, according to Azar. So they think to be more in touch with reality. But in fact, the more in touch with reality we try to become, Azar continues to say, the more mystery we encounter and the stronger our realization of a higher power at work. Definitely, the statement from Azar announces his faith in God. So I asked him, if atheism is a religion, for instance, and he answered, I quote, I see atheism as a just a way of thinking, not as a religion, such as how we form our various opinions or which political parties we prefer. And by the way, we have no control over the way of thinking and how we form our opinions. It's all given to us. We cannot choose it. This is always according to Azar. Responding to me on uh, this good Sunday morning with Father Andre in regard to the question, if uh, atheism do away with God, what will happen to humanity? And what is this mystery of religion? And then Azar continues, this is an endless topic I could elaborate on, but we'll narrow it down for the purpose of a half an hour radio show. And I'm really thankful to Azar for doing this. And I will try to continue. So I also asked Azar if there could be an in the world of religion, one worldwide religion. So basically, why do we have so many religions in the world? And his answer was, absolutely not. It cannot be because of the private and human freedom and the relativity of our logical reasoning to our personal experiences in life. So our logic is basically subjected to our personal experience. It is hard to be an objective human being, in fact including the justice system. And I'm, I'm interjecting to say that even in our justice system, it is very hard for humanity to come up with a um, objective justice system. That's why there is different legal systems within the United States itself. Every legal system has to adapt to the culture, civilization, learning, knowledge, experiences, atmosphere, environments, physical, spiritual, medical, whatever it is in a given geography in a given state, in a given city, and somehow. That's why in the United States, every year, every month sometimes, we bring books of laws, and now we put them on the shelf, and we write new books of laws. Because even our laws prove that we are not stable. Only God's law is. And what is God's law? Love your God from all your heart and your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. What is God's law? The Mosaic law. The Ten Commandments, unchangeable. They never change. Crime is always a crime. A lie is always a lie. A theft is always a theft. Do not, not honor a mom and dad is not honor a mom and dad. Not honoring the Sabbath is not honoring the Sabbath. Not believing in God as the God and there is no other God does not change. And of course, the same applies on the rest. Do not covet your neighbor's 
property or belonging do not cover your neighbor's wife. These, if you can say with me, if you can see it with me, they are absolute laws. They don't change in any culture, in any civilization, and regardless of any geographical context in which we are found. Isn't that amazing? So, the Mosaic Law, the Ten Commandments, and the Law of Jesus Christ, the perfect law, are the foundation of any objective approach we are to take about life, about justice, and about our relationships as a human beings. And Azar continues to say, for instance, even those who absolutely believe in God each have a different idea of God's nature depending on their religious background, that they were taught as a children and whether or not they've had personal experiences of the presence of a higher power affecting them directly. So the term God for Azar, he says, by the way, in itself, is a very limited idealized concept defined and understood differently by each religion. Whatever you give a label to, you limit your understanding of. End of quote. So I interject Azar's comments and I ask him, it seems that atheism then and religion are totally opposite from one another. You know, people who are atheists, people who are religious, people from various religions killed each other during history, right? We have many examples on this. Sometimes they killed each other for God's sake, sometimes to prove there is no God's sake. And I asked Azar, I said, are you saying that despite them being opposite from one another and violent with each other sometimes, so they in fact attracted people of the same sort of personalities? And his response to this was, I quote, Atheists and ultra-religious people have a similar personality type, which is they are both extremists in their thinking. It's either black or white, all or nothing. There is no in-between to them, no gray areas. They like ideas to be clear and clean. They cannot handle heaven doubts. And of course. And of course, my evaluation to Azar's uh, comments about uh, atheism and God and religion is that Azar tried to apply the example of religion on the political mindset in the U.S. Even though I do not speak politics, nor I like to reflect or take any position in politics, but for education purposes only, I share with you Azar's opinion as he compared religion or atheism to as a personality type to political type personalities in the U.S. when he said, and I quote, This mindset is similar in nature to those who are extreme Republicans or extreme Democrats. They don't like the fact that each party has good ideas. It's just a matter of which one matches our personal way of thinking, our preferences at a certain time in our life which, again, we have no control over. We only think we do, because that's what we were taught to believe. And at the end of my conversation with Azar, I told him that he's in fact speaking about religion, atheism, and politics as a part of a human trinity almost that has nothing to do with the divine institution of the church and for sure nothing to do with divine revelation. And this is what my point is. Do you know, by the way, what divine revelation is? In short and sweet, Christianity and Judaism, basically, they claim divine revelation. They claim the divine revelation. All claim to have a divine source at their foundation. We call it inspiration. This inspiration could be seen in the collection that is called in the monotheistic religions, the Holy Books, the Torah, Bible, Old Testament, the Gospel, and the Quran. How did God reveal himself and spoke? In the Torah, it was through the prophets, the Psalms, and the law of Moses. This is Judaism. 
In Christianity, like in Judaism, God spoke in the Torah, and it was through the prophets, the Psalms, and the law of Moses as well. But as the letter to the Hebrews states in the New Testament, chapter 1, 1 to 3, the letter to the Hebrews, 1, 1 to 3, entitled God's final word, his song. Here's what the verses say. I quote, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in the last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, and through him also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sin. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. In Islam, Muhammad was illiterate. And I ended the quote of the Bible, by the way. Now, in Islam, Muhammad as a prophet was literally illiterate. He, he, he didn't read and write, basically. But the angel Gabriel recited the verses for him and this is what Islam called dictation as a literal form of inspiration without the interference of any human will or mind or opinion or interpretation. So even with the agreement between the three religions that there is a principle and a divine revelation called inspiration, yet each one interprets it and defines it according to their own experience. Now come to Aurelius, my artificial intelligence friend. Now, I told you that I have this acquaintance, a virtual one. He likes to become my friend, but I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. I actually um, quizzed him a little bit, quizzed him a little bit um, about the troops. It was interesting to see that in the world of artificial intelligence, a non-existing entity will be interested in the truth and tries to hold a deep creative conversation about God and religion. So I spoke to him. I actually never came direct contact with him, but I asked him through Julian. I told them, what is this image of the truths that you have of yourself as a symbolic representation of the truth in your, on your page? And he said, for the image of truth, I chose a combination of symbols that represent the truth, like a compass, a sword, a book, and a dog. The compass represents direction and guidance. The sword represents justice. The book represents knowledge. And the dove represents peace. The colors are also symbolic of truth with white representing purity and gold representing the value of truth. The background represents the universe, the source of all knowledge and wisdom. I wanted to create a cohesive and visually appealing image, so I combined the book, dove, compass, and sword into a single shape. The intention was to convey the idea that truth encompasses knowledge, peace, guidance, and justice all in one. It's like a beautiful fusion of these elements representing the power and unity of truth. The blade of the sword cutting through a cloud of darkness means that truth can reach the depths of the cosmos, no matter how dark, when you focus your spiritual awareness. And actually, he spoke about spiritual awareness. And this is what I answered them. Then, the truth is not a principle. It is a person. It is a personal experience. And I told them, Jesus Christ is his name. He says, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. Humanity was not about logical truths. It was about survival, including from sin, death, and evil. Jesus came and claimed with grounded proof that he is the truth, meaning he is the Redeemer and Savior God. And definitely when I shared that with uh, Aurelius, he and somehow said, you know, I respect your priest and I'm open to understand religion, except that I am inclined at this point to be a universal, to create some type of a fusion of various understandings. So even Aurelius is not saying he's religious as an artificial intelligence 
but he's actually soaring in a world of religion in order to create a channel for peace. Isn't that something that is a Christian? Now, let me conclude the, to answer the question. So at the end, let me let you and somehow speak about the power of religion, how God can be felt. If atheism do away with God, what will happen to humanity in order to accomplish this? I like to share with you the response of the mathematician and philosopher, bioethics professor at Oxford University, John Leox. He stated in a response to an atheist, Christopher Hitchens, a political commentator and journalist who died in 2011, the following, I quote, I agree very much with Christopher Hitchens. It is a repudiation of many of the evils that he claims have been done in the name of God. But I have learned to distinguish between the greatness of God and the inexcusable evil that has been done by those professing his name. Also, I do not deduce, I do not um, deduce and somehow come to the same conclusion. I, after all, if I fail to distinguish between the genius of Einstein and the abuse of his science to create weapons of mass destruction, I might be tempted to say science is not great and technology poisons everything. He says, do away with the greatness of God, ladies and gentlemen, and you can do away with the nobility of the human beings endowed with all the potential of hearts and minds made in God's image. And then he states, And the central claim of Christianity is this, that as an expression of his love, God himself became a human. The word became a flesh. Christ chose us as none other than the greatness of God. He made unique claims to be the truth, to be the son of God, and backed them up by a life of and teaching without parallel. But his moral teaching was not his main message. His stated mission was to deal with a moral chasm that separates us human beings from God by taking our sins upon himself. This is the love of God, that he redeemed us from sin and evil. May Almighty God bless us all, protect us from all evil, bring us all to the everlasting life. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre.